Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. You know, when we come into this time of worship, we're, we're declaring who God is. And I'm going to say a little bit more about that in my message today, and really our need of Him. So I hope you made your declaration of dependence upon God. Not independence, your declaration of dependence on God in our worship time together. I hope you do that every time. You know, really, declarations are the beginning of change in our life. They are. Declarations, they're powerful. Declarations are not just statements of what is, but what should be. There are declarations of intent, proclamations of what will be what can be. And I want you to think about this, this key thought for the next three weeks as we go through our series on 3D is this, our lives move in the direction of our words. Our lives move in the direction of our words. And I'm going to show you that in scripture. As I was preparing for this message, I thought there are some of you who need to make your own declaration today every day, and through this series. You need to make a declaration of freedom from being pushed around by the same old things again and again and again. Something in your life that has got to change and you need to make a declaration. Like something that has been taking place inside of your marriage or in your home or with your children. And you just need to say, you know what, enough is enough. There's something on the inside of you that says, hey, I can't live this way any longer. That declaration of dependence. Last weekend, we had 39 people that gave their life to the Lord Jesus Christ that made a declaration of dependence to serve Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give him praise for that. Amen. That's awesome. They, They made a declaration and proclaimed with their mouth that they're going to serve Jesus Christ. And so listen, life isn't meant to be lived flat and unimpressive. It's meant to be interacted with. And that's what it comes alive. That's what this series on 3D is about. When I look through the Bible, I see people making bold declarations. Bold declarations all throughout God's word. And those declarations actually changed who they were, and it changed them, and it changed the people that were around them. And I started thinking about this young shepherd boy, named David, that we know so well, and he goes to take lunch to his brothers. They're in this battle, we know, with the Israelites that are coming against them, these Philistines that are coming against to do battle against God's people, and it's not much of a battle, but here you have this big, giant Goliath standing in the valley. He's hurling insults against the Israelites and against God, and when David got there, he like pulled a Popeye. He's like, hey, man, I can't stand this any longer, right? You ever been there before in your life? I'm tired of looking at this thing. I'm tired of looking at this giant, and I can't stand it anymore. So something has got to begin to change. And so he picked up five stones with a slingshot in hand, and he went running toward the giant, and he made this declaration. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, this is the declaration that he made. You, Goliath, come against me with the sword and the spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, whom you've defied today. The Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I will cut off your head. And that's quite a declaration, isn't it? And that's exactly what he did. He killed him, he cut off his head, and it changed everything. 
It, but it all started, yes, in knowing who his God is, but with a declaration that changed everything for Israel and for David that day. Then my mind went to this guy also in the Old Testament in the book of Judges by the name of Gideon. And the Israelites, during this season of their life, as you read this story, the children of God were under constant attack from the enemy. The enemies would come in and constantly defeat and take everything that they had. And it says this in Judges 6, 3 through 4, that whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, the termites invaded the country. Oh, I'm glad you're listening today. They camped on the land and ruined crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys were spared. Now that is pretty desperate. Every time they planted something, the enemy would come in and take it. Every time they had cattle, the enemies would come in. They had nothing to hang their hope on. You read here, this guy named Gideon was hiding in a hole, thrashing some wheat, trying to get something to eat. He was hiding in the hole because he was scared that the enemy would come in and take it from them. So while he's in this hole, an angel of the Lord shows up in verse 12, and the angel makes this declaration, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I want you to say that with me. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now I want you to turn to the person next to you and say it like you mean it. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Yes, I am sure Gideon thought, what, me? Who are you talking to, God? And the angel goes on to tell him to make a declaration that God is actually going to use him to defeat the enemies that terrorized God's people and his family for generations. God is going to use you to raise up an army to defeat them. And if you have time to read this whole story, I hope you have. If not, take a moment and read that this week. The Gideon makes all these excuses and doesn't want to do it. But by the end of the story, Gideon becomes exactly who the angel of the Lord declared him to be. A mighty warrior that set his people free and brought change to the world. But it all started with a bold declaration. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. There is power in declaration. Proverbs chapter 18, 21. Life and death are in the power of the what? tongue, right? One version says this, words can kill or words can give life. They're either, either poison or fruit and you get to choose. Our words are so very powerful. I think many times we minimize that. I believe one of the greatest revelations that we can receive as believers who are already in Christ understand this, that our words can build up or our words can tear down. Isn't that true? That really is true because God's word says it. Our words can give life or our words can take life away. Our words are powerful and actually our words are prophetic. Our words are prophetic as we speak them according to God's word. The words that you speak over your family. The words that you speak over yourself. The words that you speak over your children. The words that you speak over your job or the situation that you are in today, when they're in alignment with God's word, they're prophetic words. And here's a few things declarations do if you're taking notes. Number one, the first thing I realize this, and we need to realize that declarations, they actually frame your future. 
Declarations will frame your future. When you make a declaration of faith, you're actually calling into existence what is not yet seen with your eyes. What you're doing is you're speaking faith over your circumstance. When the angel said to Gideon, you're a mighty warrior, Gideon was hiding in a hole. There was nothing in him that looked like a mighty warrior. There was nothing in him that looked even mighty at all. He was not a mighty warrior, yet he was speaking into existence. He was declaring over Gideon in the hole that day, and that declaration, it framed Gideon's future. Think about David. David declared to Goliath, you come against me with the sword and the spear, and I come against you in the name of God, and I'm going to take you out. And he did, and what happened is that declaration framed David's forever. What we are talking about here is faith, how important faith is in our lives, declaring faith. And we know in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, faith is defined like this. Now, faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. And I, I just want us to, can we, can we just say that together? Let's, can we just read that together? Now, faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. That is so important in our lives. Jesus actually said that you and I can move mountains. For those that declare the mountain to move, they have to move. Mark chapter 11, these are the words of Jesus. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says this mountain be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he, what? Whatever he what? Say it again. Notice it doesn't say he who just believes that the mountain will be removed. You have to declare it. You have to say it. You have to speak it. Sometimes we have a lot of good things inside of us. We never speak out. Sometimes we're afraid to speak out to really put God on the line. How many of you know that God's good for his word every single time? He just needs us as his people to declare it and speak it out. So I want you to look at that. Not just believe, it's saying it. So my question today is what do you need to declare over your life, over your marriage, over your children, and over your future? What declarations do you need to make today that's in alignment with God's word so that you can actually speak faith over something where faith is void right now? Please hear me, and I'm coming through this, because I know people can leave here, and they can talk about things, and some people pick up on secondhand knowledge, third person down the line. I'm talking about when our words match God's word. Are you, are you with me? I'm not just saying speak out whatever we want, and we get it, because that's faulty thinking, and that's not godly thinking. That's not biblical thinking. It is actually speaking, and our words come in alignment with God's word, which is already settled, and it is good, and it is prophetic, that when we align our path and our word with God's word, that is when mountains will move in our lives. It's when we have to make declarations over what we're going through that we cannot even see right now. Number two, another thing declarations do is declarations unlock destiny. Declarations will unlock your destiny. This is so true. For Gideon, one declaration unlocked his destiny. He, he, he wasn't designed to be thrashing wheat in a hole. God had big plans for his life. And that declaration defined and unlocked his destiny. You know, 
we see in here, David wasn't destined to be just a delivery person. Now, I love delivery persons. Some of you, you Uber Eats and all those, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I love delivery people. That was not his destiny, though. His destiny was to become king. It was in a place of authority, and that declaration that he made against Goliath began a sequence of events that unlocked his destiny. Here's what I'm saying. Some of you here today are on the sound of my voice are doing things that God has not called you to do. Are you with me, church? Some of you are in a place right now and you think this is your forever. God has not destined you or called you to stay there forever. Just like he called David and Gideon. You're not to stay there. I've got a call upon your life. And I believe there are many people in the body of Christ, Christians, that are not living the abundant life that God has called them to live because you're living in a hole. And you're not listening to the word of God and proclaiming it and speaking it out over your life. Think about Peter in the New Testament, Jesus with his disciples, and Jesus asked him, who do men say that I am, right? And some say, well, John the Baptist, some say Elijah. He said, okay, but, but who do you say I am? And you remember Peter was the first one to speak out. Peter made this first declaration. He said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Remember that? And that one declaration changed Everything because Jesus looked right back at Peter, whose name wasn't Peter at the time, but it was Simon. He said, Simon, I've given you a new name. The declaration tells me something about you. You are a man of faith. I now name you Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church in the gates of hell, will not prevail against it. The declaration of Peter changed everything for Peter's life because declarations unlock destinies. The book of James in chapter 3, he's talking about the power of the tongue. And I'm going to talk about this in a few weeks. James chapter 3, verses 4 through 5, he says, Look also at the ships. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very large rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue. He's talking about big ships that are turned by a little rudder, even so the tongue. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by, the, by a small spark. We are driven in the direction of our words that we declare over our lives. If, if you control your words, you control your life. Last thing I want to talk about decorations, number three, is declarations bring deliverance. They actually bring deliverance to our lives. Look at this in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. What is he saying? So listen, when you're in a battle, don't try to fight with the weapons of the world. How many of you see the world we live in? Right? That they try to use the weapons of the world. You know the weapons of the world, right? That that's all that they use when they're going into a battle, failing to realize it's a spiritual battle ever before it gets to a physical battle. He says, on the contrary, he's saying these spiritual weapons, they have defined power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish how to, arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This verse is so important, because let me just kind of simply define a stronghold. Stronghold is any place where your enemy, the devil, has set up, he has entrenched himself in your life. 
He's taken up a place of constant attack against you, thwarting the plans of God to make you feel defeated. It's a fortified place that could be a habit. It could be something you've been involved in that you shouldn't have. And the enemy came in now and has set up a fortified stronghold in your life. It's a place of attack inside of you and it's entrenched in you. It could be something that happened to you in the past. It could, it, it could be some type of uh, unforgiveness that you're carrying, hurt, pain. And uh, that unforgiveness sets itself up as a stronghold. How many of you know that? How many of you know that unforgiveness sets up a stronghold in your life? I mean, it's in you because you haven't released it. It could be bitterness today. You're holding on to something. You're bitter. You're mad. You've hung on to it for so long. It could be uh, a spirit of complaining, groaning. That's all that you're caught up. It could be lustful thoughts that are out of control. Paul is giving us the secret how to live in constant victory, how to demolish those strongholds. Those lies that we think that we need or that person that hurt us or this thing is just going to satisfy me. He said, you have to take that thought captive. You have to make it captive and make it obedient to Jesus. And the way that you capture a lie is you make it obedient is this. You have to declare the truth over the lie. You have to declare the truth over the lie the enemy has put inside of your life over the stronghold that's inside of you that could possibly be in there for years. Listen, you cannot listen to a lie while you're speaking the truth. Are you with me? You cannot listen to a lie when you're speaking the truth. That's why it's so important that God's word is in us because you cannot do both at the same time. the, The word of God is powerful. It will uproot and dig out the lie because it replaces it with the truth. So when the enemy lies at you, and tells you, you are alone, nobody's with you, nobody understands you, you're forgotten. You have to declare the truth over that lie right back at it, right? No, 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 my God will never leave me nor forsake me. He will walk with me through every situation and circumstance of my life. Jesus, you are my friend that sticks closer than a brother, You need to come right back at the lie with the truth of God's word. So listen, you have to know this. The longer you sit on the lie, the longer it takes root inside of your life. If you sit on that lie and you keep believing the lie, you keep rehearsing and nursing the lie, the longer that is inside of you, it takes root in your heart. Any of us, we're susceptible to this. And so the way you silence the enemy is through the truth of God's word. So you have to, when the enemy tells you a lie, that your marriage is hopeless, that your marriage is dead, your family is dead, your business is dead, and you start feeling all this fear, you have to speak God's truth back to the lie. The longer you sit on the lie, the longer it stays in you. You need to do what David did in Psalm 23, which we know well, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because, God, you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, they, they protect me. Somebody here, you, you might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death today. You might be in a valley 
today, you're going through it, and it might be taking the life out of you, and it's holding you down and keeping you in the valley in this deep place of despair. And I want you to know, David writes, even though I walk through the valley, right? He doesn't say, you know, I'm just going to walk to the valley, right? And that's where I'm going to stop, and I'm just going to camp out. A lot of people are comfortable with just walking to the valley, and they stop right there. He says, even though I walk through the valley, he said, I'm walking through it. So if you're walking to the valley, you need to just keep walking today. Amen? Because you're not called to stay there. You're called to walk through it. God's going to get you through, and he's going to get you through to the other side. Don't give up because he's with you. You, you. you can go through it with his help. Your valley doesn't have to be your finale. How many of you say amen on that one? Your valley doesn't have to be your finale. Because a lot of people have made their valley their finale. That God's got you. That even though, you know, I'm not sprinting through the valley. How many of you know every time we come to a valley, we just rather sprint through it, right? He says, no, you got to walk through the valley. There's some things that God's teaching us in the valley. He said, you got to keep going. And so your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now it's like he's got his swagger on a little more. You know, I got your rod, your staff. Not because David was all that, but because God was all of that and more. God was with him. God is for you. He's going to see you through, and your valley doesn't have to be your finale. It may look like death. It may feel like death, but it's only a shadow. It's just a shadow of death. And where there is a shadow, there has to be light. So we need to stop looking at what's in between us and the light. And quit focusing just on the valley and focus on who Christ is. Because Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. If you walk in me, you won't stumble in the darkness. Focus on the light. I'm talking about declaring truth. I'm talking about declaring faith today in Jesus' name. I think many times we can be very proficient at complaining and grumbling. I see some people's comments on Facebook in this church, right? It's out there. Grumbling and complaining about things. I mean, does it get us anywhere to grumble and complain? No. You know, complaining is a lie. Somebody says, well, complaining makes me right. No, complaining makes you a complainer and you're a sinner. (laughs) Hello? We forgot about that, didn't we? We forgot about that. Sometimes we're very proficient at complaining. Very proficient. But listen, what we need to become is biblical graduate students in declaring the truth and declaring faith over our lives more than anything else. Because we need a word of hope in the day we live. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. Something powerful happens when you and I hear the word of God. When it's declared over you and you declare it over yourself, that's what we're doing when we come together in worship Listen, worship is not the warm-up, right? Worship is where we come and we declare who God already is and we're singing the word of God over the situations of our life. I don't know about you, but when I come to worship, I just didn't come to sit there and relax. I came to give the Lord all my praise and all my glory and all my honor in that moment because he deserves it. It has nothing to do with me. 
It has everything to do with who God is. Worship is not the warm-up, church. Worship is you're getting in there and you are declaring the praises of him who called you out of darkness and brought you into this marvelous light. It is. It's a battle. But when we come, we're lifting up God's name. When I come in this room on Sunday morning and I feel down or I feel defeated over what happened this last week, when I get in here and I start singing this song declaring God is in the fight, let me tell you something. Something happens in my spirit. To realize not only for today, but tomorrow, if God gives it to me, he's got me. And he's in the fight with me. And he's in the fight with us as the body of Christ. And then my faith begins to grow. And then I become built up. That's why you need to be here. And that's why you need to get this word inside of your heart. You need to do this when you face the battles. And let me tell you something. You don't just make declarations on a Sunday morning. You make declarations every day of the week. Amen? Here are a few declarations before we bring this to an end. The first one, a few declarations that we should make every day. You need to declare your freedom from your past because there are so many people that are imprisoned by their past. They're paralyzed by the past hurt and pain. Your past does not define you. You've heard that so many times, but it doesn't. What Jesus did on the cross defined you. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That anyone means anyone. Doesn't matter. You're covered in Christ. You're a new creation in him. Your past is a point of reference. It's not a place of residency. You've got to get up and you've got to move on free from strongholds, bad decisions, and free from generational chains in Jesus' name. Because John chapter 8 tells us if the sun sets us free... We are free indeed. And that's what he does best. If the sun sets us free, we are absolutely free indeed. Number two, we have to declare peace over our problems. We all have problems. We all have troubles. But your troubles don't have to trouble you. Jesus said in John 14, 27, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives you peace. It is my peace that I'm giving to you. God has given us a peace that goes beyond our problems. When Jesus steps in and we allow him to speak the word and we declare it, peace be still, Jesus declares peace be still over every storm in our life. Let the craziness of the world, the things that are happening, they will continue to go on. But that doesn't mean I need to live in the chaos and the unrest. That means I can have peace reside in me through the storm. Number three, you need to declare your hope over your future. You need to declare hope over your future. Many, we can't see all that right now. No, absolutely. First Corinthians 2, 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the things that God has waiting for you. And, and the reason this is so important is if the devil can steal your hope, he'll crush your heart. Let me say that again. If the devil can steal your hope, he'll crush your heart. That's why hope is so important in Christ. Christ is the one that gives us the hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, this scripture verse to me never ever gets old, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to harm you, 
plans to give you prosperity, plans to bless you, plans to give you hope and future. See, what I'm afraid of is this, is that there are so many people giving the devil too much to work with in their life. Way too much. Oh, it's really bad. It never works out for me. This is not going to end well. This is bad news for me. This is bad news for our family. My marriage is never going to survive. If that's all you're focused on, that's what you're going to get. Rather, God has good plans for me. I'm blessed. My children are blessed. My family is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My business is blessed. You might not even have a business yet. But you're just declaring what God wants to do through you in the future. This is about you and I aligning our words with God's word. Aligning your words with God's word. And I want to just encourage you. You need to listen to what you know, not what you fear. Listen to what you know, not what you fear. Oh, everybody in this room has some type of fear. Now, not all fear is bad. When you're out there in the middle of the road and a car comes, that fear you get, okay, that's not bad fear, rather than just standing there and get run over, right? But there's wrong fear, which is that spirit of fear that is a lie from the enemy that comes, rather than power, love, and sound mind, which is God's word over us. So listen to what you know, not what you fear. So if all you're listening to is the news and you're not reading God's word, that's all you know. If all you're looking at is social media, that's all you know. You need to get God's word. If all you're listening is the chatter out there, all this stuff. Let me tell you, there's a lot of stuff lying around. Get in God's word. Get into what is known. Listen to what you know. Listen to God's word, not what you fear today. Amen. Father, thank you for helping us to be a people that would declare your praises. To be people, Lord, that make declarations in alignment with your word because your word never changes. The news changes every day. Your word never does. Things around us change, but God, you never will. I pray for any person in this room that's going through a struggle, maybe the valley of the shadow of death. Lord, I pray that we would not become fixated on the valley, but fixated on the light, you, Christ. That you've promised your peace to us in these moments. Thank you that you are our savior and you are our rescuer. I pray that this church, God, in the days ahead would make such bold declarations. We would think, oh my goodness, that just seems crazy. But God, I'm just aligning my word with your word and I'm going to speak out prophetically and I'm going to believe it. I'm going to speak it over my family. I'm going to speak it over my children, my workplace. I'm going to speak it over my campus. I'm going to speak it over my teachers, over my principal. I'm going to speak blessing, Lord, upon my community. I'm going to pray blessing, Lord God. I'm going to pray blessing when I don't see blessing. I'm going to pray blessing when the news tells me something different, Lord. I'm going to bless you and praise you, Lord God. I thank you that we get the opportunity to use these mouths that you have given to us to declare your word. 
in Jesus' name. Help us to be people that declare it. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.